I'm Vince. And I'm Travis. And we're about to ruin your games and stuff. This is Travis! Welcome to Undesign. What up, Travis? How you doing, bud? Hi, Vince. Uh, I am, I'm okay. How are you? I'm a bit under the weather today, but that's all right. I'm still ready to deliver some podcast goodness, my friend, and our ever-expanding yeah. challenge to talk about RPG and gaming nonsense. Well, that's good, because we're late today, so this we are, uh, episode's yeah. coming out later than it should, um, so I apologize. People, next time we'll try to be on time. Yeah, normally we do these way in advance. This is like this. We're 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 in hurry up offense mode today. Yeah, down to the wire. Uh huh. So I rolled um, a few things today. We apparently need to, you know, uh, trim the list down, get rid of all those topics that uh, we've already done. Um, but I did I did roll one, and uh, it was called the the value of force restrictions in games. So Vince, what 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 was your motivation when writing that topic? What, what's this about? Yeah. So. I think there are two ways to break this up, but let me let me do it through the lens of something like riffs because that'll be a good way to explain what I mean here. Okay. Yay riffs! Yay riffs! Um, because I'm about to play a marathon of riffs here in a little while in oh, like nice. two weeks. Yeah, it's good. Very on topic for you then. Absolutely. So riffs is a game without much in the way of any kind of forced restriction, and it's in its sort of core form, right? That is to say. If you're sort of playing the game out of the box or whatever, um, then theoretically you're allowed to choose your RCCs and OCCs in a multitude of combinations from uh, a vast multitude of books over a vast, vast, uh, like Dune level vast uh, amount of power. Right? Like for we classically the joke being you can play everything from a homeless guy who can sort of shoot a gun and kind of knows how to drive a car. Mm-hmm. Um, up to a cosmic protector of the universe that would make Green Lantern look like a joke who single-handedly fights uh, fleets of spaceships, right? Yeah, I'm following. Yeah, those are all possibilities. There is no force restriction in that game, in its concept, right? And it's sort of cool. You know, yeah, I, I feel like the like the overall concept, there's, there's not much force restrictions. Huh? But like if you look at it at a... Uh, more piece by piece level, there there's a ton of restrictions. Like every individual piece is forced into these little restrict restricted boxes. So each each RCC and OCC is uh, like kind kind of a kind of an island. Uh huh. Yeah. Sure. You know what I mean. So I so like every I don't know. It seems it seems like once once you get past that first level of freedom. Um, with there's where there's just no force restriction, you can just play anything. Um, it then becomes a, a highly restrictive experience. Like once you once you decide which box you want to play in, that's all. That's all you get. Like you get that box. Yes, I agree. That's a, it's a great point because that's that's a, you 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 literally reached into my brain, Travis, and pulled out what I was going to talk about. That's so accurate. Yes, because you're exactly right. You get to pick your broad level box and it can be from this wide swath. But then once you hit the thing, you're more or less on the rails, right? Like Right. You have some skill choices or something, but like even the hand to hand you can take is going to be fairly restricted. There's not mm-hmm. going to be a lot of other choices you're making throughout the life of the character where you're reaching outside. Now, right, and and other other people who choose that same box 
there there's not a lot of difference right um it to, to me it looks like like that that overarching original um freedom is is just an illusion like it's just not real like in in rifts it, it seems like you can play anything but it's not when you pick a um you know the class and your race or whatever um you you think you're a special snowflake but you're absolutely not a special snowflake like you're <laughs> You know what I mean? You have a sense of individuality for all all these different moving parts, but there's not it's not really there in my opinion. It doesn't feel like it's there at that granular level. Right. Um so so I don't know. Rifts is a weird example of this. Well, and here's let me let me take this down to the next level, okay? Which is this. Oftentimes when GMs, you and I have both done this when we've made Rifts games, um we restrict we kind of maybe we choose a band of power, right, where we say kind of you're allowed to play anything between X and Y, right? So you pick yeah. like a swath of people, or maybe we pick a particular setting. Like you're in the New West, so pay, play people appropriate to the New West, right? So you can kind of be drawn from like the Coalition or the New West book or the Spirit West book or, you know, whatever, whatever like, right? This, right, this so like an art artificial sort of restriction. Yeah, and, and that's my point. And I think, here's my five minutes in, let me actually make my thesis statement. Yeah, sorry, man. I, no, I mean, you're I've fine. been trouncing all over your stuff. My bad. I like it. Um, the What I'll say is that, to me, the best thing that happens in a game is restriction. Okay? Ideally, I want the game to be able to empower the GM especially. That's my favorite kind, is when the, when the GM can do it. Yeah, we like ways. that word, empower. It's a good word. Yes. When the GM can be empowered to draw restrictions that build creativity. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what, what's strange, though, with Rifts is that I don't believe that's there, there's anything anywhere in any of the, the multitude of Rifts books uh, that says you, you, know, you have the opportunity to do these things. You know what I mean? To, as a GM, you have this, this opportunity, right? To create um, your own forced restrictions to um to kind of corral the creativity of your group no um, there's absolutely not it's a side effect of what we talked about at the beginning right of the fact that once you choose your box you're fairly honed in that yeah. means that all the gm has to do is set the bounds or the you set up the matrix of the available boxes right and the rest of it will kind of do itself consider if i did the same thing and say like a DD third edition type of of setup with like feats and spells that are still that go that are explosive in the number of options, even handling under the box, right? So even if I said, look, you can only play fighters, wizards, clerics, and and rogues, or something, right? That the sacred four, right? Yep. The variance in the power level or the difference or whatever of characters I would get out of that could still be wildly all over the board, right? It's actually kind of a kind of a mirror of rifts, whereas whereas the the overarching concept is far more far more hemmed in but then once you get down to that granular level it, it explodes um so you know see what i'm saying it's kind of a yeah. mirror it's not this they're not the same there's a big difference in these games yes and and so i i think it's interesting because when you look at something like third edition it didn't really because of that reality it didn't really empower the gm to easily make those restrictive choices right or those restrictive guidelines yeah it, it decentralized the gm's government it uh yeah, it gave, it gave the it gave the power to the player. Right, right, because the GM could say, "Look, you're only allowed to play those those four, right?" Um, and 
it wouldn't matter. I could still reach out and find the most broken spells. I could find out most broken feats. I could find the most broken prestige classes. I could go buck wild, right? And so what the GM is now forced to do is say, okay, like if he if he's really going for a particular feeling, and, and generally I stand behind this as a way of building theme, right? Like the, maybe the, the question we haven't answered yet is why would I care about restriction? Why not just let anybody play whatever they want, right? It's a fair question to ask. Sounds like a good question, yeah. And, and to me, the so answer why? is... Yeah, yeah, sure. The answer is manyfold. And and here's here's just two. Um, the first and preeminent of which to me is because the GM wants to tell a particular type of story, be that theme or tone or something like that, right? And the player experience, the positivity of that player experience is actually vested in whether or not they make a certain amount of right choices. And the, the truth is, if the players go way off book and start making crazy choices, then they're actually going to damage their own fun and experience of the core concept of the game. I'll pick an easy example. I want to do a gritty sword and sorcery kind of Conan-like game. Right? Okay. I'm, I'm following you. Sure. If I have people going way out and picking a bunch of weird races, right? If they run out and pick like... If I've got a bunch of Mogs and Aarakocra and, uh, you know, whatever, just like any weird thing I could grab out of Planescape. And then my characters start, like, they all pick weird gods to follow, and they all pick crazy spells that are hyper-powerful, and these guys are all superheroes in, in a world that is supposed to be about gritty heroes, you know, against a more powerful villain. That's traditionally the story of Sword and Sorcery, right? is that the the heroes are are sort of weak versus the the powerful antagonist. Yeah. Um then I've broken the whole concept of the game. Right? Through nothing uh, it certainly damaged it. Yeah. Yes, yeah, damage is maybe the better word. Thank you. Um and and I chances are I as the player will have a worse time because I will not actually be enjoying the story the GM wants to tell and be enthu be an enthusiastic complete participant in it. Possibly. Um I don't know I don't know I think I still feel like even you're 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 putting yourself in the player's shoes but you're still looking at it through the GM's eyes. That player still may have more fun. I like, like it's hard to tell. I'm not going to say it's not possible. Certainly you're right. But what I would but, but what I think is ultimately in the long term with the games that get remembered, that you really, that, that actually land and resonate, are the games where everything is working in harmony, right? Yes, in the moment, you might feel better and you might have more fun or you might feel like a more powerful character. But I would argue that those games we truly remember, those games that really matter, that aren't just a, a you know, a fart in the wind, as it were, okay, um, are those games that where everything was banging on all cylinders, and that's how you bottle lightning, right? If you purposefully have any of those go off book, off course, chances are you're not going to capture that lightning in a bottle. Uh, I agree, and and I think um, I I but but I think my my agreement can only be be towards like a uh, highly specific kind of story though, because you know you're, what you're talking about is um, having a, an experience. Uh, damaged or ruined or you know whatever made made worse you know the 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 greater the greater whole is is less because of um but but it's all, all about a focused story about a, a specific uh 
thing. I, I'm not going to say it has to be a setting, but it could be, you know, a, uh, a, a genre or a character piece. I mean, there, there are lots of different ways to look at it. Um, but it certainly seems like you're, you're talking about only those highly focused stories. But when you're, you're playing a game like Rifts, you don't have to have a highly focused story. Like, it doesn't have to be super focused on, on some um, small box. The box can be very, very big, you know? That's true. And, and that's fair. Um, I, I don't think that, like, this is a necessary part of everything. But what I will say is that in my personal experience, what I like when I, when I think about restriction and the value of it, right? Um, yeah. From a game design perspective, I like it when, as a GM, I'm empowered to utilize certain restrictions options. Okay? Um, I feel like if the game itself is just incredibly clamped down, and has very little in the way of options. Of course, that's going to end up being a bad time for everybody, right? There, There is a dark side to this. Don't get me wrong. I'm not sitting here being like, oh, yeah, it's great. Restriction's always good. Blah, 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 blah. I can never go bad. No, obviously, that's stupid and wrong, right? Um, yeah, and I, know, I, I certainly wasn't taking that for you for that's what you know we were trying to say or anything, so. Sure. I just want to very quickly address the straw man, right? Um, and that is to say, yes, this can go too far. Like all pendulums like this, you can swing so far you break yeah. the clock. Um, but to me, when I look at and and I'll, I'll say that this also has a great deal to be with my challenge of making characters, perhaps. Um, and I can be operating from a personal bias. But like when I'm in a group, when I'm looking at making a character, what I like is when there is some restriction imposed by the world the story the group the gm the combination of therein in some way wherein i have to be creative to try to find the thing i want and i'm given direction by restriction and maybe that's an important aspect that i really want to call out is that restriction goes hand in hand with direction right yeah uh yeah it, it certainly it, it it takes a bite out of choice paralysis um yeah it may, it may it makes things a lot easier to to get your get your mind around to grok whatever um and the 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 more focus you have before a game starts the the better you can fit yourself into that game yeah just this last tuesday i made a new character for a 5th edition D&D game okay and i and, and the direction that we had we knew the adventure we were playing we were playing like an out of the book adventure which is uh, the the new uh, attack of the giants or against the I don't remember the name of it, but whatever that new new one is. Um, and as I said, I'm under the weather and medicated right now, so excuse my false memory. Um, but and so what we knew this is what we knew. It's going to be a game where we fight giants. Know that as as well as many other things. It's going to be a game in the Forgotten Realms, and it's going to be a game in the, the sort of savage north, mainly wilderness. Okay. Those all seem like good, good, good boxes. Sure. Uh, it took me four and a half hours. Ooh. Of and, and fifth edition does not have a vast amount of character options, right? Right. Like we're not we're not deep into three five here, where you can be just reading right. books for for days. Basically, you're talking about the player's handbook, a couple of villainous options in the DMG, a couple of Unearthed Arcana articles, and the Sword Coast Adventurer's Guide. And you have now exhausted all player resources, right? Yeah. And four and a half hours in, I had nothing. 
Like I'm I mean, drawing a blank here. Yeah, that's rough, and uh, I, I I'm sure other people would relate to that. You know that feeling, um, because because even those even though as I said, I think those are good boxes. There's a lot of stuff in those boxes, um, and but but okay okay I'm gonna I'm just gonna take the other side here and just say, you know, maybe maybe you have that issue because you played for so long. Uh, you you played so many personalities and characters already that it, it's becoming difficult to grab onto something new um, that that you know you'll enjoy. Whereas less experienced players might not run into the same issue. But I but I, sure. I'm not saying you don't have an issue. I think I think your issue is real um, and may affect many people. Yeah, what I'll say is that I've I've just for me personally one you're absolutely correct. Let me just start there. Yes, <laughs> as I've made a joke of before, um, I have played. I just an innumerable number. I actually keep a spreadsheet, so I suppose it is numerable um, of every character I've played. And Gosh, you're a nerd. I know. And it's it's massive, like finding a unique take on. I've played every class I've I've played so many like I have. It's it's uh it's it's John. um John Henderson, whatever the guy who voices Archer, it's his speech out of Aziz Ansari show when he's like, I've been married to my wife for 20 years. We've had sex thousands of times, like in the deep thousands. There is nothing about that we, that we have not done. We have done all everything. There is nothing new, right? And and that is how I feel often when I'm staring down a new character. Right. Um, I've played dozens of fighters, wizards, bards, clerics, druids, blah, 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 right? And so finding a new way to attack one of those is, is a big challenge for me. And where I usually find it easiest is when the GM takes a hand, right? And says, like, here's a specific sort of feel we're going for. And I'm like, okay, now I can work with that, right? Right. Um, uh, so uh, specificity really helps um, when we're talking about force restrictions. So the, yeah, the, the, yeah. the, more, the more lasered in that focus is, the, the easier it is to slide into a game. Yes, exactly. And I think that's, that's exactly it. Not only specificity goes hand in hand with restriction in the same way as direction. And that's one of the reasons that, again, to, to, to pull us back to the original topic quite clearly, people often think of restriction as having this negative connotation, but I think wrapped up in it are these other more positive words, right? Like specificity and direction. It's, it's working together to find what is hopefully the best set of options for the players. And again, I'm attacking this right now. And we have been for a little while of the idea of what the GM carves out. Right. Yeah. So I, so yeah, exactly. Um, I kind of wanted to throw you the other side of the coin though. Yes. I agree. Um, so like what, 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 what about force restrictions for GMs? You know what I mean? Like yep. on the developer level, when, when you're, when you're making your game, um, how, because from everything that I, that I've gathered from what we've talked about so far, we are leaning towards the side of, Force restriction for restrictions for players, um, but freedom, much more freedom for a GM. Yeah, yeah, I don't think you're wrong there. Um, so it's it's an interesting. That's just that's just the, the that's what I felt from but what we both said, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and perhaps somebody like somebody who's mainly a player might you know sort of revolt against that or feel that that's a bit disingenuous or unfair, right? Like. Well, how come they get to to have all the the fun and we have to play under this mm -hmm. this draconian measures, which is not what I'm encouraging at all. Right. Um, I think that the answer there is that the way to 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 allow DMs to have restrictions they can work with, the way to restrict for in your game design 
is to keep things boxed in the same way and allow them to build with the Legos that they want. Let me see if I can make that more real. Are you, are you speaking on perhaps on a different scale? Though? Yes. I, I... Yeah, yeah, yes. Okay, go ahead, yeah. So with the GM and, and the, the elements of game design that the, that the GM is going to use, in my opinion, the, the way that this is best done to empower the GM, because again, what is this about? It's about giving the GM the tools within the design of the game to create the game they want, right? To take your rule system and translate it into a game. I don't think there's anything that magical. It's, it's pretty straightforward. So in my opinion, you do that by boxing, restricting the individual subsystems or the individual game design elements in ways that they can be slotted in or removed as appropriate. Rules on starvation, on damage, on death, on uh, environmental factors, on encumbrance, on, I don't care, you can pick your poison here. Okay, it doesn't on, on the specificity of how much damage robots do in combat. Like I don't I don't care because this could go a million directions, right? The point being is that you keep them independent enough and restricted from getting in each other's soup that uh that when the GM wants to employ some of them, they can, but they don't feel bad about not having them there. And they right. don't. So so are so that this that right there is probably divided into two sections again because you'll have games that are developed without a setting and games that are developed with a setting um which which seems to change how much forced restriction there is for a gm right on either side i wouldn't even call a game that has you know a setting already a real force restriction on a gm because you know i guess you know rule one or zero or whatever the hell it is Tells you tells you right away there are no force restrictions for the GM, but uh, that's not how it always feels. Uh, maybe I guess that's what I'm trying to say. I think that's totally how it feels, despite the the quite literal effort presence of Rule Zero. Right? I don't think there was a more important evolution in the technology of game design <laughs> than Rule Zero, and I mean technology. Like we often don't tend right, to right reiterate, reiterate the rule. Yeah, the the rule is you can change anything you want. All this is just okay, advice. Good. Just yeah. in case people have missed our past podcast episodes, yeah, that's fair. Rule Zero is was originally put into the you know initial editions of D anD D forty years ago, and the idea was it was all of this is just advice. You as the GM can change anything you want, anytime you want, for any reason you want. Now, I I actually did a video talking about the history of Rule Zero on my YouTube channel, and it's funny because it's actually been interpreted by different authors of the game in different ways as to what it means, and it's got a rather fascinating history. So. We should probably do a whole episode about it sometime. But that aside, in general, it's do what you want. And um, that being said, I think it has always been easier for people to say yes, to opt in to optional mechanics than to opt out. Yeah. Because it's written there. It, it, yes. It needs to be used. It needs to be used. Correct. Once it's there and it's part of the assumed core it is people just don't tend to buck the trend, right? Right. The only, the only, and the only way to to escape that as a writer uh, is to provide more than one of for the same situation or yes. or set of rules. Yep. Um, and then in that, so like, so when you're trying to avoid that 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 sense that you're forcing your players into this optional rule because it's written there and it's the only one that's there, so they're gonna be like, well, this is just more, so we should use it because more is good. 
Um, but if you offer instead multiple options, um, it then become it, it becomes an option and not not a um, uh, and, and not not optional. I don't know. I don't know. How, I don't know how I'm trying to say this, but whatever. No, I think that's exactly right. Yes. Once you've got them making an active choice, right? That is to say like, oh, let's again, let's return back to the easy punching bag. Mm -hmm. um, take feats in third edition, right? Yeah. Any GM could have made feats an optional part of the game or, or pulled them out of the game, right? Like you as the GM yes. could say that's not a part of your game. Yeah, and it, and it probably wouldn't completely destroy the game either, I mean, the structure of the game. But at that, but but deep into three five, they had become so big a part of so many classes and so many players' expectations of the game, right? That nobody was making that call. Right. Whereas in fifth edition, from the beginning, they said this is optional, and there's already a thing you have, and if you don't use them, you get this thing instead. There's a thing there that everybody gets, and it's fine, and that's the core. And if you want, hey, you can also use feeds. Much, much, much easier. I, I have not used feats in multiples of the games I've GM'd in 5th edition. And for the most part, Works it's out been okay. fine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and so, anyways, I, so that's that point <laughs> that we, we, we've covered. Um, I, think, um, I think it's okay. I, I, like, uh, I know you said like a, the draconian, you know, the, the players have... have uh, much more, many, many more forced restrictions or whatever. I, I think, I think that can be justified um, because GMs are designing a space for an entire group to be created within, while players are creating within that space. Like that, right. there's just a difference in in roles there. So you know, players need to keep that in mind. I, I guess. Um, I think it justifies it being okay uh, to have looser set of forced restrictions um, when you're developing. A game for you know when you're when you're writing a game for for GMs to to use. Anyways, well, that was rambly. I am so sorry. Uh, no, I think that was good. I, I think that that if I had to summarize our our ramble here today, as I'm medicated yes, and you're tired, it would be the following: When you're a GM, don't be afraid of imposing certain restrictions on your players in the name of that particular game, especially if you've got a good story. Even though your players might buck initially against it, because we sort of seem to all want all the options we can have, right, at any point in time. Once you get over that initial bucking, once the, 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 the steer gets calm, I think in the end they will find they actually have a better time. Not only initially making characters, but also of their experience throughout. So you don't have to do it every time. If you want to, you know, throw the throttle all the way open, go ahead. And that's fine. If that fits your game, that's cool. But don't be afraid of using those restrictions when using them would actually help you tell a specific story and have your players actually experience that story in the best way possible. Yeah, there so basically, basically, it's another tool in the toolbox. That's what yes. we're talking about. That's the only reason we're bringing it up in the first place because it's a tool in the toolbox that often gets overlooked. So use those tools when they're necessary. There you go. I uh, undesigned! It. Undesigned. Thank you very much, everybody, for listening. We always appreciate it. Uh, as always, emails down below. Give us a give us a note if there's a particular topic you want us to talk about in the future, and we'll see you next time.